Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Great to be. Anybody else love church? I love being in church. I love being in the presence of God. Other Christians, other believers, I love this house of God. I love City of Life Church in Kissimmee, Florida, St. Cloud, Florida. No place like this in the world. Next week, homecoming revival starts. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen in those Sundays. I just really don't know. I know that it's going to be really good. I know that you need to come not not knowing what's going to happen. Who knows what God could do? God could take our service in any direction uh, that he wants to. But people's lives are going to be changed. And I encourage you, bring expectation into the house of God. Who believes you got a miracle today? Lift your hand if you believe you got a miracle today. We have to come with expectation. Come ready to be changed. Also come ready to be used. Some people came today that you didn't know God was going to use you, did you? And what did you do? You walked up and down these aisles as a testimony that God has healed you before or done a miracle in your life. And what did that do? That gave faith to other people that need a miracle in their life. So God actually, come on, give them a praise. God used you today. And it's interesting how sometimes God will use you when you don't even feel like you're worthy of being used or that, that you're ready, expecting to be used. And he'll do it anyway. So it's wonderful uh, what God is doing here today at, at church. Uh, so I'm on this series right now. We're in this series called Shine, A Life of Sharing. And uh, it's a series that is kind of about evangelism or just sharing our faith. And it's trying to share our faith in a, in a practical way and give you tools and, and ideas on how you can be a light for God in every area uh, and, and feel equipped and, and ready and kind of think about things in advance on how am I going to approach this situation. And Matthew 15, 13 through 16 is, was our text last week. I, I really love it. It says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and, and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. Look at someone next to you say, you're salty. And look at them say, you're really bright today. Because it says you're salty and you're the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it. It's funny. I, I'm reading this. La, I, last week I said I never use salt. Like the day after that, I, I go to, uh, what is it called, Metro Diner with my parents. I order hash browns. I'm just like going. Like, I felt like such a hypocrite. I put, I put it on my Instagram. Anyways, it says uh, no one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bu bushel basket, but on the lampstand and gives it light to the house. This should be encouraging to you really quick. It's saying that you are, you you, you, put your hand on your heart and say, that's me. You are the light of the world, just like you are. If you've got Jesus in your life and he has done anything for you at all, you are the light of the world because his light is in you and you shine a darkness into a world that is dying. It can't find its way. And when you are in that world, you illuminate everything that is around you by his goodness. We should be so fired up about this. It says it gives light to all in the house in the same way. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father in heaven. So when they see your light, they see your good works. They go, man, that that's a Christian. That shows me that Christianity is true. I see God's goodness in their life. So I just want to encourage you today. 
get excited about shining your light in front of others. I'm going to give you some practical ways and a quick recap here after I pray. And I got some uh, ideas today about, about sowing and, and gardening and harvest and how evangelism has some different phases to it. And sometimes we get caught up on one and forget about the other. But I think God calls us to different seasons with both. But Father, I just thank you for your presence, goodness. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving in this place today. There are miracles all around us. Uh, we pray that you would continue to lead our church and guide our church uh, exactly where you want us to be for this season of evangelism that is coming through Blink. Uh, prepare our hearts to be ready to talk to people and share our faith boldly with them, to invite them, and to see this, uh, this move of God that's going to take place and to welcome people uh, from all over the place uh, to our family and to disciple them and to pour into them and to see them become the next generation of people that will share hope with others. And we thank you for what you're doing here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God a quick praise before we start our message today. God's good. Welcome those of you that are watching online. Last week I used a little acronym or an acrostic that is called SALT. And it was kind of ways that we can share our faith uh, with people that we don't know. One would be start a conversation. Uh, so when you're meeting people and talking to people, sometimes it's just good to be friendly. Uh, you know, I, I'd never been to New York a few years ago, and uh, I, th I think I went to New York the first time when I was about 37, 38 years old. It, was, it had been, I mean, I'd, it's, it's wild that it took me that long. But when I did, I would just start talking to people, and like, people would look like they want to fight me. Like, I remember like, it was kind of weird. It's like you kind of just don't like, do that that much. I remember that like, I walked up to, I was leaving the first time I went, and I had bought a Subway card that had like $50 worth of stuff on it. I remember that we were leaving and I just didn't know what to do with it. And so I walk up to this one guy and said, hey bro, excuse me. And he goes, what do you want? Like he, he like, like lunged at me like that. I was like, I just wanted to give you some, a subway card. He's like, give me a hug, man. He's like, that's, that's so I was like, it's so weird. Like, it, like some places are just a little different when it comes to starting a conversation. But sometimes I think we maybe let culture affect us and, and scare us out of talking to people. But we can just meet people and talk to them and just say hello, you know, how's, the, how's your day going, you know, what are you up to, I'm here doing this. And just kind of have a conversation and then the next, the next part of that, that acrostic of, of salt is ask a question. And sometimes you'd be surprised just by asking a question to someone, whether that be a friend at work or someone that you know. And just kind of get the conversation going like, what are you, you know, what are you going for in life? Like, what, what, what are you excited about? What are you pushing toward? What are you believing for in your life? Are you a person of faith? Uh, that really kind of challenges people sometimes. If they say, yes, I'm a person of faith, uh, you know, I'm Mormon, then you could say something like, well, what is it about being Mormon that, that moves you so much and you find so appealing? And then that, that way that you're able to let someone talk about where they are and kind of, uh, kind of take the information in, which would lead us to the next one, which is listen. Uh, so, so start a conversation, ask, listen, start listening to what they're saying, not instantly stopping them from talking and shutting everything down and uh, kind of uh, breaking off the, the trust that you're building with people, but truly listening to where people are coming from. And, and I think that's, a, that's an important quality in healthy relationships is to truly listen to people because what you could do, you say, well, why would you ask a Mormon or someone of a different faith what they like about their faith? Because I think that what's, what's great about the gospel is that Jesus promises us that anything that we can imagine in this life is so much better with him. You can't have riches in, in life that are going to be better than the riches that he promises you eternally. But every single thing in the kingdom is better. Look at someone next to you and say, it's much better in the kingdom. Uh, 
So if, if people love their sense of community, there's a greater sense of community in the faith. If people love the teaching, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's a better teaching in, in, in the gospel. Uh, so anything that you can imagine that someone likes about something else, they'll find more fulfillment if they find it in the person of Jesus. And that kind of leads us to finally that last part of that, that acrostic is, is tell a story. And I think that that last part really has to do with your story. It has to do with the gospel story. Whatever method you feel comfortable talking to someone in that moment and sharing your faith might depend on this conversation you started. It might depend on uh, the question that you asked. It might depend on some of the answers that they gave on how you might tell a story. So, like, I'll do anything to have a conversation. Uh, in Jesus versus Jesus always, I think I talk about a time that I was on a plane with someone and it just, have you ever tried to start a conversation with someone and everything was not working? Like you, you, you just tell, you kind of almost didn't like this person or they didn't like you or something. Like you can't figure out what's going on. Like I had one day, like I just couldn't figure out what to do. I'm on this long flight. So this guy next to me, I said, hey man, how's it going? He goes, good. I said, are you from Orlando? And he's like, no, I hate Orlando. He said, where are you from? I said, Orlando. <laughs> I go, why, why do you, I said, why do you hate Orlando? Well, he goes, oh, because Disney. I said, you don't like, Di I said, you don't like Disney? He's like, no, because I'm a grown-up. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm a grown-up. I love Disney. I said, I, I like going to Disney all the time. So I'm sitting there, I'm just like, what is the deal? I'm striking out here. I, I said, so, you know, do you like music? He's like, no. I go, I'm like, you don't like, I said, okay, okay, really? I said, you don't like any kind of music? He goes, no. I go, do you like movies? He goes, yes, I love movies. I said, but movies have music in them. <laughs> I, I said, so we kind of just go down all this thing. And finally, like, I think we agreed that he, he's like about my age. We like the movie Grease. Uh, that's like the one thing we could agree on. And I, I met a guy recently, actually on Easter I met him, same exact thing. I cannot figure out what was going on. I was like, so what are you, you, know, what are you into, man? He's like, I was like, you like sports? He's like, not, not a big sports fan. This guy's a sharp guy. Uh, not a big sports fan. I said, oh, okay, uh, you, uh, the arts. I said, is it, it the arts? Is you like you know, Broadway or like movies, like music? He's like, no, nah, it's just not really my thing. I said, how about, you know, are, are you like into like fitness? Like, you look like you're pretty in shape. Like you're into fitness? Like you like work out or stuff? And he's like, no, not really. He's like, I just kind of, you know, not really. I said, education. I said, How are you, no, I said you'd you like to read, right? I said, he's like, yeah, it's just not, you know, not really. Uh, not really my thing. And I, I'm not even kidding. I said, do you like bacon? He's like, he's like, okay, you got me. I love bacon. He's like, man. I was like, me too, bro. Hit it right here. I was like, yo, we got to go have some bacon sometime. It's like sometimes it's like whatever you can do, what are you looking for? Any kind of connection possible to give you something to, to vibe about, to, to connect about, so you can kind of just build, some, build on something. That's really the idea. I mean, and it's not just, we're not just doing this, so I'm, I'm going to get them. You know, it's not like that idea. It's like just being the kind of person that lets your light shine is just being authentic with who you are. And I think that. It's important, too, that it, as you're meeting people and asking these questions and, and telling a story, sometimes the story has just minor things that you might think are minor details. But I think it's really important in our lives to develop and cultivate a habit of telling people that we go to church and telling people that we're a Christian. 
I think that's a really important thing. So when you meet someone and you start talking with them and they start asking you what you do for fun or what are you into, I think that if you get that in there early in the game, it's a great testimony for people. So it would be like you're meeting someone. Hey, nice to meet you. Where are you from? Oh, I'm from New York, like everyone else. And, and it, I, I'm from New York. And, uh, you know, I, I've been, how long have you been here? I've been here, you know, I've been here seven years. And, but, well, what, you know, what do you do for fun? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. Uh, I really love going to church. I absolutely, I'm a football fanatic. I got my family. Like, we like to go to the park. We're like, well, you've already just kind of laid a foundation of who you are, your worldview, where you come from. So I think that can be helpful in other conversations. It lets people know where you stand. And if they have an opposing view, if they come back and say, well, you know, I'm an atheist, I blah, blah, blah. Like, that's sort of, they sort of like, you know, you move this uh, pawn here, they move this pawn here. You kind of see there's some little jogging going on and then a conversation is probably going to take place. But that's probably not going to happen. You're at least standing your ground and letting people know where you stand in life. So I think also another thing that's important that I want to kind of finish last week's idea before I get into this concept this week is kind of a gospel outline. Like when you're really, really explaining the gospel to someone, like what is the message in the gospel of Jesus? I think it's explaining that man is in a fallen state, that we are in a sinful state as we're born. We need help. We need hope. And Jesus became a person, and he was born and became a man. And I think that's really important to say that God came to earth and became a human being. Uh, that he went to the cross and died for our sins because we're fallen. He took the punishment for us, and then he rose from the dead and became our king. And if you put your faith in Jesus, you can be on team Jesus. That's really what the gospel is, is all about in a, in a nutshell is telling people about that kind of hope. And it's, you don't have to be a theologian to, to talk about that, but I think when you get to that highest level where you're just openly telling people about Jesus, that's really the most you need to communicate. I mean, you can learn more and more about detailed ways to say that, but telling people about the hope that we can find in Jesus, that we can't be saved unless we put our faith in Jesus, is really, really important. So today I want to talk about something that I think is, is one of the biggest prohibitive things to people uh, feeling comfortable in sharing their faith. And, it's, and this concept is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 through 9. It says this. What after, this is Paul talking. He's talking about this guy, Apollos. How in his church and in his ministry, Apollos has done some of the ministry. And he's preached a certain way and, and raised up certain leaders and then he said then Paul has raised up certain leaders so some people like Apollos and some people like Paul so Paul is sort of addressing this and he goes what after all is Apollos and what is Paul only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task he said I planted the seed Apollos watered it but God has been making it grow. Can I get a big amen from everyone right there? So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. But only God who makes things grow. Who makes it grow, church? Who makes the seed grow, church? It's God. It's so, it's so presumptuous for me or anyone else to think in moments like blink or... You know, any pastor that has a microphone or person that is leading people to the Lord in big evangelistic meetings, that when they preach and people get saved, that that's all a result of what they've done right there. 
People have been sowing seed for decades in their life. Seed parents that prayed for their kids. Grandmas that would not give up, that were on their knees every night that where their kid was out partying, saying, God, bring them into the kingdom in Jesus' name. And then one day, they walk into a church... Or they walk into someone's home and someone says, hey, you need Jesus. And they break and they say, yes, I'm ready. Why? Because other people have planted, other people have watered. But what was God doing the whole time? He was causing that to grow. That's why it is so important for, for us in our life to get a gardening concept when it comes to evangelism. Let's have that concept where we're willing to plant seeds. There have been many times that I've gone out. And prayed with people or asked people, do they want to know Jesus? That I've been completely rejected, completely shut down. Uh, that that you know, plain conversation is one. This guy simply did not want to hear about it. But shortly after that, I was in L.A. And I had rented a car, of all things. I had a pretty big meeting that I was picking some people up and you know, wanted everything to look nice. And this car, when I rented it, was completely dirty. Like, they didn't clean the back of it. There was, like, trash everywhere in there. I couldn't believe it. So I took my rental car to a car wash, which is the weirdest thing in history. Uh, and I'm out there in, in Newport at, like, this real bougie car wash, uh, getting this car washed. And there's a lady there, uh, Asian-American lady that's standing next to me. And she just starts a conversation with me. She's like, what are you up to today? I'm like, oh, well, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this. It's like, but... I'm getting my rental car washed. She's like, yo, that's why. She's like, I, I have no idea. I've never heard of that before. I said, yeah. She goes, well, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a pastor. She goes, really? I've never met one of you before. <laughs> and uh, like, this place is all like, you know, Lambos, like, like nicest. This area is like a very, very, uh, very affluent sort of area. And uh, so this lady goes, oh, she goes, you have five minutes. I'm, I'm, I'm not even joking. She said, you have five minutes to convince me to become a Christian. Okay, and I, I, I've studied this stuff. I have, like, I've prepared myself for moments like this, and I'm just going to be straight honest with you guys. I sort of wanted to cry. Like, I got really nervous. Uh, my, my hands started shaking. I, I felt, I just felt like a kid. Like, I, I felt, like, very unable. Wow, I never, I cannot, I can't ever think of a time that I felt so much pressure. So I didn't know what to do. It's like my, my brain went blank. Like the Bible says, study to show thyself approve, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I couldn't remember anything. Uh, I'm sitting there and I just go, well, you know what? Can I be honest with you? I said, I'm a pretty messed up guy uh, that Jesus really loved throughout my whole life. I grew up trying to earn a lot of things and perform a lot of things and, and do right in front of everyone's eyes, but I was really hurting inside until I was actually a pastor, and then I, I was dealing and struggling with some things and trying to still figure stuff out and do stuff, and I was kind of just talking like this, and I said, and, and finally when I got in my mid-30s, I said, God just showed me how much he loved me, and in spite of all the things I was doing, that, that he cared about me because of who I was, and it was that moment that I feel like that I really started to know the love of God, and I was, and I looked up, and I, you know, I have tears in my eyes and stuff. And this lady's just going, "I'm like," uh, and I'm like, "Well, I mean, I wasn't expecting much." Uh, and after I kind of shared that, she goes, "Wow," she goes, "What a weird day." She goes, "This is just like the weirdest thing." She's like, "I came to get my car washed," and she says, "Now I'm going over to Barnes and Noble to buy my first Christian Bible." She said, "I'm going to read the Bible from cover to cover." 
And I just thought, I thought she was going to say, like, you're an idiot. You know, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, but it's just the way that particular thing happens. So in that case, I saw someone that was very open and receptive, receptive to hear a gospel message that was about a personal story. And many other cases, I've talked to people who just don't really want anything to do with it. But what, what, are, what am I doing in that time? What are you doing in that time? You're, you're doing what? You're planting seeds. You're sowing seeds. You're gardening. Uh, you're learning how to pour into people. I think it's really important to remember that God makes it grow. And some harvests are different. They happen at different times. I was talking uh, the other night with an awesome family from our church. And she was sharing with me that she's been witnessing to her, to the lady I think that does her hair or does her nails for like eight years. This lady keeps shutting her down every single time. But she's starting to open up. She's starting to open up to the gospel. And I think that's really important. There's this particular, there's this, <laughs> this is funny. There's a plant called Creeping Jenny. That actually sounds like a girl that likes way too many of your Instagram posts. Uh, <laughs> but it's a plant called a Creeping Jenny. And a Creeping Jenny <laughs> is, sorry, sorry guys, yeah. Uh, a creeping jenny is is a plant that like if you buy it and you plant it and you're not very patient it will like creep it will like sprout up almost overnight and it grows really quick it can grow like 15 to 20 feet in like a month okay so that actually if i did gardening that's probably the one i would want because i like to see those quick results so i think sometimes when i say that something that's very prohibitive about us sharing our faith is when we tell people at school we tell people that work about the Lord. We let our light shine before people. We don't see any results. We're frustrated because we want to see that quick response. But yet there's this one tree. It's called the talipot palm. This is crazy. These trees have been known to live as long as 75 years. I think that's an interesting number, too, because when we think about a human being, I mean, I want to live longer than 75, but that's like about kind of a little bit shorter than the lifespan of, of the average American. And in 75 years, it blooms once at the very end of its life. And after it blooms, it, it is the most beautiful, and it's one of the largest, as a matter of fact, it's, it's the largest inflorescence, and an inflorescence is a cluster of flowers that comes from one branch. It's the largest inflorescence of any plant or flower, this particular tree, the talipot palm. And so it's cultivating something that whole time. It's cultivating something. And everything that's in it, everything that it was created to be at, at the last moment, how many people want to be a part of planting seed in others' life? Seeds in other people's lives that at some point, maybe even at the end of their life, you never know, man, when people are, when people are at the end, sometimes they, they, they do have an opportunity at the end of their life uh, to look back on what they've done and to get their heart right. We don't, we're not promised that, but I want to be a part. I guess, you know, I kind of do want some creeping jennies in my life. But I mean, I, I want some creeping jennies, but I want talipop uh, palms as well. I really want to, I want, I want both. I want to see people that are excited instantly. And I also want to know that I've sown seed. And maybe I will never see the results of some of those people that I've poured into. But God knows. And he is the one that, is the, that makes them grow. It's our job to sow seed. It's our job to water the seed. Can I get an amen from someone? 
How do we do it? How do we do it? Okay, here's the answer. By all means. Here's the answer. We do it by all means. We use any method that we possibly can. Any conversation that we need to have, any medium that we need to have, whatever we have to do. You know, I didn't get to tell you guys, but my art show that I had downtown at City Arts Orlando, they, it actually just quit showing. It was there for two weeks. It was really fun. So many of our team came out, so many church members went and kind of saw on Instagram and went to see it. I had nine paintings that were uh, at City Arts Gallery. It was such a great, great opportunity to connect with all these different people. And I'm getting these young artists that are coming up and uh, older, older artists that have, have been around for a while are connecting, asking me about my pieces, what do they mean, just having an opportunity to say, oh, well, this is something that I was going through a tough time when my dad had COVID and I painted this and I, I prayed about it and I just prayed that God would give me peace. And, and these people going, man, that's really beautiful. And one guy heard me saying that and he goes, hey, did you say that you prayed when you uh, painted that? I said, yeah. He goes, uh, well, that's really cool, man. He's like, my name is, he's told me his name. He goes, I'm about to go perform and rap out, out there. They had like this live kind of party kind of atmosphere that was going on there at this, at this art show. He goes, I'm about to go perform out there. He's like, would you pray for me? And I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I lay my hand on like, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for this young man. Let your anointing flow through him. Lord, let him know that he's purposed, he's called. And the guy was like, come on, man, give me a hug. So this guy like follows me now on Instagram, and we go back and forth talking. Any, I don't care. If it's a painting, I'll paint. If it's a conversation, I'll have it. If I've got to go try something I've never tried before, I'll do whatever. We will do whatever. We have to do I'll go to a restaurant of food I don't like. I, I, I'll, I'll, t I'll have, a, I won't go to a giant's. I will never, there is no way, it's not, that's the, that's, the Bible says, don't. I can't do that, but that's the only thing that I won't do. I will do anything possible to, to, to make sure, and you will. Why? Because the Bible tells us Paul is talking about it. In 1 Corinthians 9, 19, please write this down and go home and read this whole 19 through 23. He says, for though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. He wants to win people for Jesus. He says, and to the Jews, I become a Jew. You say, well, is he a hypocrite? No, he's trying to be relatable, that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law as those who are under the law. What does that mean? It means people that are still hung up on what they can do and can't do. I really, I really encourage you as believers that if God has given you a certain liberty in life and you're able to do something and it doesn't uh, make you stumble in your faith, don't flaunt that around to other Christians who may struggle with it. That's what Paul's talking about. He says, when I meet people who say, well, I don't watch... You know, Netflix, I, no, 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 we don't watch Netflix. We don't, watch, we don't listen to secular music. We don't, don't tell them, well, I am a Christian and I do. What they're doing is giving you an opportunity to at least connect with them and say, man, I, that, I really respect that. That means you're, you're very devout in your faith and God is using that in your life. And I think that is really wonderful. So what is Paul saying? He's saying, I'm not a hypocrite. It's just if I'm with other people and I have the opportunity to connect about different types of things, I will. He says, and, and he goes on, and how he says it is amazing. Listen to this, even verse 21. To those who are without the law, as without the law, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law. I saw a guy witnessing to a person who was really angry. And it's a, it's a, a video that I saw, and I'd, I thought it was 
amazing. He was witnessing to a person who was like almost like demon-possessed and really, really aggressive. He was talking about his faith, and this guy wanted to fight him. But this guy kept like just telling the truth. He said, look, dude, he said, you, you're mad and you're angry. You want to fight me right now? He goes, and you keep saying I won't do anything? He goes, I could do something. He goes, I was in jail for years. He goes, I got in fights in jail. He goes, I, I was a criminal. I did the wrong thing. He said, I, I lived a life that wasn't pleasing to God. He said, but God loved me and he saved me and he loves you in that same way. And as tough as you're trying to act right now, he wants you to be free. Only he can set you free. And this guy actually started crying. And they, they, they started hugging. So what happened is he became as someone who was without law. He used his testimony of breaking the law himself to relate to someone who was living that current life. So that is exactly what it is. It's not being a hypocrite and just changing, you know, putting this hat on and that hat. It's being adaptable for the purpose. And verse 22 says, to the weak I become as weak that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men that by all, that I might by all means save some. That's the name of my message today, by the way, by all means. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. Somebody say, by all means. Now look at someone next to you, say, by all means. Jeremiah 16, 16 says, Behold, I will send for many fishers, saith the Lord, and they shall fish them. And after I will send for many hunters, and they shall hunt them from every mountain and from every hill and out of the rocks, out of the holes of the rocks. I love that passage of scripture, Jeremiah 16, 16. When I used to teach my old school evangelism class, I used to break that up in two different ways. I said, the reason that he says I'll send fishers and hunters is they're two different types of evangelism. When you fish and you throw it out there, I'm a Christian. I go to City of Life Church. I love church. I love Jesus. I love football. I love my family. I love wings. You're just kind of real and real and real. You throw it back out again. You know, and you just kind of, you live that life. And one day, you, you, get, it, you get a little, that, that bopper starts to move a little bit. And what you do, you set that hook just a little bit. You don't say it too hard, though, because you, you, you pull out. You, you got to be careful. You got to know. You got to know what you're dealing with there. You got to know what kind of bait you're using. You got to know what kind of fish are there. You got to know what time of day it is. Fishermen are wise. They understand. But it's different. Hunting is different. Hunting is you go out and you find out where are they. You, you put on the right outfit. You get aggressive when you're hunting. You go see. I think blink is more like hunting. Blink is saying, okay, where are they? Let's figure out what they're doing. What, what, are they, what are they talking about right now? Let's, let's figure out a presentation. Let's figure out that we can get into their community. Give them one of these tickets right here. Go talk to them right there. Let's figure this out. And, and that, that's what it is. It's a little different type. It's not better. It's just different. So I think that knowing that is really important. Knowing strategically what you're trying to do when you're sharing your faith is important. But I feel like that, that lifestyle evangelism is important. Building relationships with unbelievers in order to provide witnessing opportunities. And you got to be careful with that. Yeah, you do. I mean, 2 Corinthians 6, 14 says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. But I think sometimes we use this as an excuse to never have unsafe friends. We should have friends that are unsafe. Jesus literally hung out and had dinner with people that were not Christians. Those Pharisees' houses that he went and had dinner with all those people, those guys were not Christians. 
You say, well, yes, they were. Well, then why do they want to murder him after dinner? I don't like having people, dinner with people that want to kill me after dinner's over with. That's not very Christ-like. So, so I think it's important to know that we need to build relationships with people. You need to be engaging with people and talking with people and building friendships because you're the light of the world. They're living in darkness. They need the hope of God. Colossians 4, 5 says, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. 1 Peter 2, 12, that lifestyle evangelism is important. It says, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So I think that that lifestyle evangelism is important. And I think for those that are a little more bold and want to go down that hunter route, I think there's proclamation. That's proclaiming the gospel of salvation through Jesus Christ. I think preachers are, are, are like this. People that just want to tell it. They want to talk it. They want to preach. That fire is just burning in them. If there's anybody here right now, I'm just saying this on the fly. During, as we're jumping into this, uh, this next season for homecoming revival, are there people here that want to learn how to do some street evangelism and go out and preach to people? If you're here, raise your hand right now. I'll figure out a way to do a class and teach you guys, all right? So we've got about 25, 30 people. I'll figure out a way to do a class. We'll get together. We'll just go start preaching to people on the street. Those proclamation people that want to talk to people in that way, and, and some of the strategies that I use for that is uh, breaking down barriers that people have. People have intellectual bar barriers. They, uh, things like becoming a Christian is intellectual suicide. People have emotional barriers. Um, things like God would never accept me after what I've done. People have spiritual barriers. They don't want to change morality. Uh, and, or you can't be saved unless this. Or you can't be saved against that. People have demonic oppression or activity in their life that they need to have addressed. So these are different principles um, that I think are, are, are significant when, when looking at these different ways, lifestyle evangelism, proclamation, and then finally you get to that last level, which is apologetics, where you're literally learning how to refute worldviews. You're learning how to take arguments against God and break them down uh, in, in a really succinct kind of way. I don't necessarily think that's for everybody, uh, but I do think that it's important to have it. It's important to get to that level. So I want to encourage you today, my point of today and by all means is to use what God has given you, use the platform he's given you to be a light to people, to learn that there's different ways of sharing your faith, using that gardening method where you just simply sow that seed. You, you tell people, hey, I tell you what, let's just do this right now. The person next to you, I don't care if you're married to them, uh, I don't care if you're friends, if you're not friends, whatever, have a quick conversation with them. I want you to introduce yourself to them Say hello to them, ask them where they're from, and then try to throw that in there. My name's Jeff, I'm 50 years old. I, I live here in, in Central Florida. Uh, I go to City of Life Church. I'm a Christian. I like football. Just have a quick conversation, a 20-second conversation, and then turn to the person next to you and do the same thing. Let's just do that really quick. Go. Have a, have a quick conversation. Throw that in there that you go to church. You're a Christian. Practice it real quick. Practice it real quick. Those of you that are online, type it in the chat. Say, hey, what's up? My name is John. I live in Missouri. I work here. I've got a family. I go to church. I go to City of Life Church. I attend actually online. It's a church in Florida. I love football. I love, you're throwing that in. You're making it a part of your 
day-to-day -day conversation. There's some power in that. There's a lot of power in that. Because what it does is it gives people a reference point to know where you're coming from in life. Use it as a jumping off point into a deeper conversation at a later time where you might say to them, hey, can I pray for you? I see you're having a tough time or you're struggling. I would love to pray for you. And very few people will say no to that. It's a contact point. So guys, how did that go? Did you feel okay with that? Okay, good, wonderful. Wonderful. So I just encourage you guys, plant, water, and you let God grow. Put your hand on your heart and say, I am meant to shine like the stars in the heavens. I'm gonna look at someone next to you. Say, you look like you're shining like the stars in the heavens. My God, I hope no one gets married. This is not like a proposal. Uh, I'm just trying to encourage people today. We might walk out of here with people going to the jewelry store. That's not the point. Uh, I'm trying to say that you are meant to shine like the stars in the heavens. I believe you look like you're shining right now. So go out this week and be deliberate with your sharing your faith in this practical way. I think that you say, well, what, what would be a big, bold step for me? I think doing what we just did right there is bold. I think asking someone if you could pray for them is a bold step. Or, to, or, letting, or praying for someone and just letting them know that you prayed for them. That's another great thing that you could do. Just say, hey, I just want you to know I'm really thankful for you. I was praying for you this morning. I was praying that God would bless you, that you'd be encouraged in all that you do. You're really inspirational to me, and I just pray that God keeps blessing you. I mean, sometimes people are like, uh, thank you. Uh, they don't know what to do. But sometimes that's really meaningful to people, and they'll say, that, thank you. That really means a lot. That's another open door of opportunity uh, to connect and go to another level. Hey, God is good here today. I love our church. I love you. Appreciate you guys. And I want to give everyone an opportunity right now watching online and in this room to get your life right with Jesus if you don't know the Lord. So could you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment? And if you're here today and your heart is not right with the Lord, what does that mean? You've never given Jesus full access to your life. You've never surrendered yourself to the Lord in every way. You've never said, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. You've never made a declaration that you're walking away from that old life. You're stepping into a new life of faith. You've never done that before. Stop resisting today. Today is the right time. Today is the right time to put your faith in Jesus. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. I'm wondering if there are people here this morning and watching online that need to do that right now. If so, I'm gonna to count to three, and when I do, I'm gonna ask you that on three, you lift your hand up over your head and make a public declaration of your faith. No one's looking around. You're doing it publicly. You're lifting your hand up in the air saying, I'm going to make Jesus the Lord of life. I'm going to ask the Lord of my life. I'm going to invite him today. It's going to be a brand new day for me. It's circle this day on your calendar. Amen. If you're watching online, when I count to three, put your hand up in the air. And immediately after that, type in that chat room, said, I just made Jesus the Lord of my life. Here we go. One, the Bible says now is the time of salvation. Two, I believe the Holy Spirit has prepared us today for this very moment. And 
hearts and lives are about to change forever. Three hands up in the air if that's you all over this building. Every single section, there are hands going up in every single section. God sees your hands all over the room. I believe there are people lifting their hands online. I'm just going to ask right now, every hand that is lifted, keep your hand up in the air. Pray this prayer with me out loud. Say, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to forgive me of my sins. I am walking away from the old life. I'm taking a step of faith into the life that you've called me to. I surrender my soul, surrender my heart, surrender my mind. Jesus, renew me, redeem my past. Allow the Holy Spirit to cleanse me and give me a new heart so I can follow you and serve you. You died for me on that cross and rose again so I could have eternal life. This is the first day of my new life in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, could we give the Lord a great praise today? Amen. Bless you all. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.